serve it up to the whiskey run dry you take your sugar and take your sweets leave you blinded on a one-way street and welcome everybody to the lunacy podcast my name is tony i'm here with dave david and connor dave stevens david sterling connor ennis i am tony Pervenanzi. it is the day after the day of the loons game. So if you're following me, it's the day after the day of the, of loons, the loons game. game. Yeah. Which, now I'm not. Now I'm not. I'm not following you anymore. I lost you. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's Monday. I get you the it's first Monday. time, but not the second time. Yeah. That, okay. That I get. You. I get. You. Yeah. It is. It is Monday. We had to uh, postpone uh, because we had a little party to go to yesterday for for Connor. Uh, Connor had his little uh, graduation slash birthday. Uh, party at Park Tavern yeah. down in St. Louis Park. And uh, like I mentioned to Dave and I think to you, Connor, when I walked in there, it looked like it was kinder care uh, with all the kids running around. Totally. I was very, I was very, I was like, oh, yeah. gee, many Christmas. I, did I walk in the, we were in the wrong spot here? I don't, I didn't know. But, I was going to uh, say yeah. it, it, it was a big party, big party. Yeah, big party. It was. Yeah. Um, we invited like 50 people and only one person didn't show up. So that was, uh, oh, so that was cool. Impressive turnout. Oh. Yeah, and he and actually ended up texting me later and uh, said he was sick, so he so he couldn't make it. But was, um, oh, I, was, I was thinking that was David Sterling who didn't show up, maybe. Well, David did text me. He said he was sick. So yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was I was mm-hmm. sick. Yeah, yeah. He was he he had the the Florida disease down there. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Zika. It's called Zika. Mm. Zika. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so yes, we were we were there. I, I had an opportunity to have a special beer there uh it's a collab with modest and park tavern is i think it's the golden pill golden pins ale uh you can only get it at modest brewing or at park tavern it's not sold in stores and it's a uh it was like a golden pale ale or a something like that but it was extra pay i think it was an extra pale, extra, ale, what they... pale ale yeah oh but it was extreme... yeah the one that they were they had on the the posters on the wall up there Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was yeah. uh, extremely delicious. Uh, I enjoyed it immensely. I know, Dave. I think you had one too, as well. Yeah, I did. I did. I had to try it after seeing yours. Yeah, it looked it looked good, and I was really impressed. Might have been my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to say this about St. Louis Park Tavern. It had been a while since I, you know, mm-hmm. I've been there, and I know Tony. Same for you. But I was really yeah. impressed with their craft beer lineup. They it's... really stepped it up since last time I've been there. Now, granted, yeah. it's been at least five years, but really impressive lineup. So. Yeah, they've they've really kind of gone uh gone all out with their craft beers. They I think they rotate every now and then too. So it's uh, mm-hmm. that I've I've been very impressed with their beers. Sometimes they have like some Fulton and some yeah. uh so they have some Goose Island there sometimes. So that was mm-hmm. so that's really nice. They had yeah, they had Elm Creek up Elm Creek up in Champlain. They had uh, Loose Line in Plymouth, close to me. So yeah, yeah they had all sorts of them. So. Awesome. No elm. There wasn't no elm. Elm creep was not there. <laughs> no elm creep no. was not there. Yeah, not there. Would be uh, dark. Yeah, would be. Uh, yeah, it was great uh, going to Connor's little party there and uh, enjoying some beers and chatting with everybody. Um, Thanks. We thank also, you guys again for for coming out. It was a great time. Hey, no problem, man. We uh, we enjoyed it immensely. I uh, got to see your kid for the first time since he gave me COVID, which was nice. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> My little, my little rumble. Yeah. Um, he, True story. Uh, but, my uh, my son brought home COVID and gave it to me, my dad, and Tony when we were watching yeah, the United true. game that day. True that. True that. Yeah. 
haven't seen him since, but of course we 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 made up. You know, he was fine. Yeah. He was totally cool. Yeah. Um, so on uh Saturday, Dave and I uh we had lunch with my uh with my in-laws in in uh up here in Elk River, and then we ended up going to Ayer, which Dave and I will have on the podcast, some Ayer brews up there. Um so yeah, it's been a uh been a really long well it was a long weekend like a that's up there good mm-hmm. good weekend great weekend but mm-hmm. yeah it did feel long and yeah t- tony you saw you probably saw way too much of me over the last few I days so. i did yeah i did i uh except for the weather guys the weather was shit but uh no i can't uh although granted it wasn't as bad as they said it was gonna be because we were expecting like five inches down in robinsdale and then it ended up being like an inch and no. that was it yeah I have some. I have some family in Lacrosse. They got about uh, sixteen inches down there. I yeah. You were saying that like in center central Wisconsin, they're supposed to get like twelve to eighteen inches right over there. It was pretty bad. You know, it's like uh, oh, yeah. Gross. My my sister uh, lives south of Eau Claire, and they got over twenty. Mm. Wow. Mm. Oh, what a that just sucks. Well, right, that makes me sick. Yeah. Just when you think winter's gone, you know, it's already been like the second most snow we've ever gotten in Minnesota. And now you just want to pile it on. That's right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, getting away from snow, David, uh, do you have any do you have fun plans this weekend? Did you do anything cool? Uh, I went to the beach yesterday. Mm, okay. uh, so that, that was convenient. Uh, mm. Friends, family posting pictures of snow and I was sitting on sand that looked like snow. Well, there you go. So, hmm. What's wrong with that? Well, good. So we all had yeah. fairly decent weekends, I think. Uh, let's get into the beers, guys, because it is Monday night and we're drinking, of course. Uh, some of us have been drinking a little longer than the rest of us have. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's start with David. Uh, what are you drinking from the land of Florida tonight? Uh, new Brewery Alert. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have... Um... It's actually from my tap because I went to Total Wine and they had a crap ton of craft beer in stock in the kegs. And so I grabbed one and I had never heard of, had no idea what I was getting, um, which is pretty brave considering it's a keg. Um, but it is from Hidden Springs Ale Works in Tampa. And it is the ZFG, which apparently stands for Zero Fucks Given. It is nice. a, yeah, it's a American Pale Ale, 5.4%. It is a zero IBU. Oh, which wow. I did not realize until after I took my first sip of it. And I was like, man, this is smooth. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, so it's Citra Mosaic and Moteca, Moteca hops. It's zero IBU. It's a pale ale that's pretty hazy as you can see um it's phenomenal i mean just line these up by the glass and chill and drink it it's very good very very good um well and i don't know that i've had a zero ibu pale ale or anything before so i don't think i have either i'm pretty sure i don't you don't run into those very often no yeah Um, I, i didn't even think that was a thing yeah i mean uh yeah. So yeah, springs. Well, I feel like I I feel like I know that I feel like I heard of it when I was down in Tampa in January. I, I want to say I've I want to say I've been there, but I I'm not positive. But yeah, I have to check uh, it out when we, next time I go down. 
Yeah. Yeah. David, to get a keg of a beer you haven't had before is kind of very risky. It, Very it risky. was. Um, yeah, I, I was feeling brave and grabbed it, and I'm happy I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, Connor, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I got some beer at the party yesterday as a present, and um, I'm having one of them. It's called the Evil Natured Robots. Uh, the double a double IPA from Drecker Brewing, uh, not to, not a Minnesota brewery, brewery, but we I think I I think we can get, include Drecker as an honorary Minnesota brewery because they, they do. Uh, we were talking before the podcast; they do great beers, and uh, this one is right up my alley. Nice and dry, uh, nice and hoppy, maybe a little bit hazy, uh, but still. insanely good uh and i'm trying to find the um I, I can't find the alcohol consents on here i usually they list don't they usually list it on here it's Usually, yeah, uh, somewhere. uh it's okay so the the malt is uh pale two row oats and cara foam never heard of it mosaic hops and new zealand hops it looks like and there's a house ipa yeast Where are I want to see it's a double IPA, so it's gotta be a high alcohol consent, but I can't find it. So well uh, but it's great. I I love it. And I would definitely get more. I got a four pack in my in my garage. So super Nice. happy. Oh, and Henry Fantastic. just walked in. Henry doesn't come down to visit very often anymore. So he just Oh, Henry. walked in. Oh, there you go. Uh, well, fantastic. A beer from Fargo, which technically we'll call Minnesota because it's on the border anyways. So, I mean, no, no big deal. Um, I'll go next because Dave and I went to have a beer from the same place. Like I said, we went to Ayer on Saturday. I picked up their Lacassena AEPA. which is a collab between them and Eier Bruhus in Reykjavik, Iceland. Uh, the brothers Oh. I, the brothers went out there a couple of years ago and did a collab with them, and I think they keep doing this. They keep just kind of rotating it in, like, in the springtime, because uh, it looks like in April they kind of bring it back. So it is a session IPA brewed with mead, herb, and cashmere hops. Wow. Unlike anything you've had before. It is very tasty. It's 5%. Uh, IBUs on this bad boy are 11. So, I mean, that's pretty you know, pretty low. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is. It's a very good beer. It's a very, very uh, session IPA, definitely. I mean, you could have a bunch of these and it'd be fantastic. So, yeah, I have it's to kind check of cool. it out. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to let Dave go last because he got something completely different from Iyer, uh that he can talk about now. Yeah, very different. First of all, yeah, I was just really excited to get a chance to get up to The uh, new Iyer location, I had been to their older location in downtown Elk River, but they, when was it now, Tony, over a year ago now, they moved uh, kind of Oh, a it's been more than couple that. years? They they Oh. it's been uh, since uh, COVID hit. Oh, wow. Okay. They've been So up. They've anyways, been up for a while. yeah, anyways, I, like, I hadn't been there in a while, obviously, uh, just their downtown location. So I was kind of thrilled to check out their new location, which is, I was really impressed with their space. What an upgrade compared to where they used to be, right, Tony? Oh yeah, So, yeah. huge upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Huge upgrade. Great space. Great, great brewery. And I was really impressed also with the amount of beers that they had on tap. Uh, Mm pretty hmm. impressive impre uh, selection. Now, of course, they have their kind of mainstays. They're usually all there. Maybe what? 
eight to 10 that they always have. And then they have quite a bit of rotating series and beers. So yeah, that was impressive too, because I don't recall that uh, from the last time I was up at their old location. But anyways, uh, David, I also ended up with a uh, zero IBU beverage. Nice. <laughs> and oh, wow. so I say, I say I beverage <laughs> because uh, I'm actually excited because I, I've been saying it for a little while, but I have finally, I'm finally going to have a uh, seltzer, hard seltzer on this podcast. This is a, that's a first for me. And that's probably because I rarely, rarely drink hard seltzers. I could probably count the number of hard seltzers I've had on one hand, basically, uh, rarely have them. So anyways, I ended up going with a hard seltzer and this one's pretty unique because it is their champagne seltzer, uh, from 2023. They've been doing this. I, I didn't realize it, but they've been doing it at least for a few years now, every year they kind of come out with a new, a new release of it. This was just called, you know, their 2023 champagne seltzer. And this is unique because, uh, well, basically tasting it here as I have for the last couple of minutes, it, uh, it tastes like champagne. You know, if you put a blindfold on, you'd, you'd, you'd really think you were drinking a champagne. And I guess, and that's another thing I don't drink a lot of. So except for an occasionally occasional New Year's Eve, uh, might have a glass, but uh, that's what this tastes like pretty much exactly. I'd say it's, you know, if you're talking about sparkling wines or champagnes, this would be definitely not very dry. It's, it's fairly, um, it's fairly sweet. Um, but, really refreshing now the impressive thing about this is i might as well be drinking champagne because it comes in at 15 abv whoa so, wow so yes yeah wow is right and so i picked up a crawler mm. of it so we'll see if i uh, get through it but uh yeah. it's it yeah. is quite tasty it's not i mean it's champ it it like i said essentially tastes like you're drinking champagne a uh, sweeter a sweeter you know less dry champagne but uh that's what it tastes like that's what it smells like and that's what it looks like so really impressive and uh, they actually say you know you can you can actually they suggest trying it as a mimosa because i you know if you're drinking this in the morning yeah that would probably make a lot of sense so yeah that mm -hmm. that might have been the smart i should maybe should have I, I made myself a mimosa you know and drink should've. half an hour. but uh yeah maybe next time maybe okay. next time next that time. actually sounds time. pretty good so yeah yeah it really yeah. i just wanted to try something different and boy that uh covers that so yeah well there you go uh, so great beers all around, guys. I mean, fantastic beers today. Um, and we're going to need them because uh, we're going to move on to talk about the Loons game from Saturday. And uh, I mean, not like anybody doesn't know, it's freaking Monday. This podcast coming out tomorrow on Tuesday. We all know they fucking lost. OK, we all know. Yeah. Uh, Con Connor was there. Yeah. This rest of us were watching on TV. Uh, it is what it is. But we'll talk about it because that's what we do on this podcast. We talk about. Good times, bad times, you know, you take the good, take the bad, take them both in there. You have the facts of life. You know, that's the way it works. So, um, no, none of us yeah. predicted this team to go, uh, you know, undefeated. So, so oh, but, uh, right. Uh, that's true. We're, they are slowly moving to exactly where we predicted them to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, starting off guys, a couple uh, key things from the lineup. Uh, Mender Garcia started up top, uh, new guy, uh, what are we going to call him? Are we, is his, do we call him by his last name? JSP I mean, it, obviously, name? Zhang is easier. Right. Zhang, yeah, yeah. But, um, okay, we'll, we'll say Zhang. We'll say Zhang. Uh, until we get called out on Twitter or something like that. So, no, yeah. don't call him that. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I could sing Ben almost. It could be easier, Zhang. Sing Ben, yeah. Uh, he started in the, well, technically started at the 10. He I mean, did. That's yeah, he did. where he'd be at. Yep. Uh, 
Robin Lud was out uh, right. Uh, Bongi was out left. Uh, and then Hassani Dawson got to start in the midfield uh, for Trap. So he started up with uh, Ariaga. The back line pretty much stayed the same. Uh, DJ Taylor in there instead of Valentin. But that was it. So, yeah, it was interesting to see Heath go with kind of a different lineup in this game uh, and go back, of course, to his 4-2-3-1 like he always wants to go. Um, and I'm wondering if he didn't try it just to see if, if Jean could kind of be his 10, potentially. I, know, yeah, try I think, some guys out. Yeah. Tony, I think you're right because you. I think you nailed it. You hit it on the head. I think – Heath desperately wants to stick with his preferred four two three one, and he's trying to find he's trying to find the next Reynoso, and you know that's exactly what he's doing. And you know, of course, you know Jong hasn't been with his team very long. Could he be a ten? Maybe. I don't think that's what he was known for. You know, granted, he's had limited playing time, especially recently, but I, I don't think that's what he's known for. And that's I don't know. Yeah, I think so. To me, after seeing a couple four four twos. You know, it was almost a little surprising that, you know, they came back with this. But I think you're right. I think they're trying to find, he's trying to find somebody, something that maybe well, does or doesn't exist on this team. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think, I think he, I think you're right as well. Um, but honestly, is anyone else just tired of Heath trying to make players fit where they don't fit to yeah, suit his yeah. interests? I mean, I mean, yeah. he's done. I don't get me wrong. Heath has done a very good job this season, um, consider all things considered. But I'm just tired of it. I mean, you know, do a formation that gets your best players on the pitch. That would be the four four two with mm-hmm. Lud on the right, because as we're probably going to discuss, Lud was lights out Saturday think- night because Wonder he was in. His- right position yeah and i think whether we were surprised or not about the formation i think we were all pleasantly surprised about seeing you know lude back out yeah on the on the right right wing yeah so. you know and i i think i think bongi performed well to yeah. show that there's that he provides depth for when you know franco needs a break um which i think he did need a break after the previous week mm-hmm. um but i want to see you know zhang was signed as a forward. So put him as a forward. I mean, if you want to kind of play him as a, as a false nine or something, fine, you know, but put him up top. That's where he belongs. It's where he's supposed to be. I, you know, I'm just kind of fed up with Heath trying to fit players in where he wants them to be. Let them play in their natural position. Saturday night was really kind of the perfect piece of evidence to tell Heath to stop because he's been playing, he's been playing Lud out of position for forever and it hasn't looked good. And now he plays him in position and he looks great. Yeah. He's been playing Dotson all over the pitch and he's mm-hmm. been okay. He played him in the box to box and the, in the two defensive mid and he looked very good. It's play the players where they belong and be done with it. I mean, I'm just, fed up with this weird I don't know obsession with him having to but play a certain formation but he's done this for years David I mean this is this is Heath right right we and talk, I we think talk I about this, yeah and I'm just getting fed years. up with it <laughs> we talk 
we talked about the fact that he's done this for how many years now? Like Adrian Anu yeah. didn't play him in the right position. You know, you get other guys that, forwards. He doesn't play them in the right position. He brings a forward in that doesn't yeah. shouldn't be up top. You know, whatever. Just just doesn't just wants to fit guys. Yeah, you know uh, what do you call it? They uh, square into a square peg and round square into exactly into a round. Yeah, exactly right. And you can tell me yeah. all you want about Robin Lud and how he's great because he can play everywhere the fuck he wants to, but that doesn't help us right. because he's great at one position and he's like maybe average at the other positions. Maybe, right. I mean, yeah, that's it. Why would you? Why would you do that to him? Play him where he yeah. wants to, where he needs to play. You know, and I, I think Bongi is a great example because I think he's he seems like a really great kid. He's got a great attitude. He's got an engine that doesn't quit. You want to root for him, right? Everything about him, you want to root for him. And I really feel like Heath doesn't want to take him out because of all those things. Mm-hmm. Look, there are better players on this team who play in the positions Bongi can play in. Yeah. And that's how that's how depth charts work, right? That's how it's supposed to happen. And it now, like I said, it's fantastic to see that he played so well on the left mm-hmm. Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But again, Franco is still better on the left than Bongi is on the left. So sure, fill him in every now and then, but that's the depth chart. That's how it works. Bongi's a young, young guy. He's got plenty of time to develop, and we can use him in a you know, a year or two as a starter when we have to move on from Franco, which might seriously be in a year or two. And that's fine. But we have to make, we have to have a manager that makes tough decisions and not base them on who he likes or what he wants to see. I just, I, I, I'm just really tired of it. It's the same thing goes with, well, we'll get into that. When trap comes into the game, it's the same thing. Why the substitution made no sense and it proved to not make sense. But yep. so yeah, that that's my that's my little soapbox so, to start this yeah. match. Yeah, off. I, I like it. I like it because I think honestly, I think Heath's probably just as frustrated right now as well. But Heath and the team are, are frustrated because they're trying to find goals. You know, they're trying to figure out an answer at forward. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, cycling through a couple. I mean, I so I yeah, I think everybody's frustrated at this point with just the you know lack of goal scoring here. So, yeah. yeah, but we we did play. Fairly decent guys in the first. Yes, we did. Half, I the first I think, half was I think great. We looked good. Yeah, a, good. a lot of people. A lot of people would say tell you that it is probably the best forty-five. You know, they've mm-hmm. played all year. So, yeah, there is a point that so. we're at like eighty-three percent passing, which is shocking for the squad, especially this season. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, and good point. They, and I think they, I think they finished with like eighty-one percent, which is yeah, was it was their just high. over. Yeah. yeah, it was their high on the year. So, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. The, the way this match started out, right? Yeah. Well, two minutes in, I mean, Bonky misses it. I mean, what do you do? You know? You know, I, I mean, had uh, I had the perfect view of that miss, too. Just, I mean, there's no excuse for that, man. There, He is just... My dad and I were talking about it, and he really was just kind of of two minds that game. He was He kind of mm-hmm. wanted to take a touch, but then he also wanted to shoot, and he just couldn't decide mm-hmm. what to do. And eventually he did neither. So mm-hmm. I I mean it was so frustrating. It could have started off and the whole game could have been different. 
I, th- I think very yep, much, you're yeah, right. Very much, you're yeah. right. Because this team, you know, never mind, you know, the rest of the game, but maybe that was foreshadowing because it's like this team, you know, they're, they're scoring maybe what a goal a game uh, mm-hmm. roughly plus or minus barely plus, but you know, minus. And, and you, you just know when you miss opportunities like that, you know, the way this season has gone, it's just, you're literally shooting your, not literally, but you're, you know, figuratively shooting yourself in the foot. And it really, yeah. it leaves a bad taste in your mouth because you know, the goals are hard to come by. And when you have just a perfectly set up opportunity like that to just come away with, you know, not even getting the ball on target, you know, just to, it was disappointing. Now I'm, and we're not knocking on Bonnie here. Like David, like you mentioned, he, he had a good game on the left and in general had a, had a good game. I think he was actually voted, you know, bell bank man of the match or something like that, but overall he was good, but yeah, just what I looked frustrating way to start the game but i mean and then the chances kept coming though after that at least half chances yeah unfortunately unfortunately guys even though we look great in the first half and we looked like we were kind of you know doing what we needed to do if you don't score goals that's what fans remember the most right yeah that's the fans like i saw on twitter yesterday everybody going well they, they they suck whatever like if you watch that first 45 minutes you saw something happening at least yeah it's just they they couldn't finish their opportunities they dominated they dominated the the game game. through that first half you know orlando didn't have a shot on target no through that entire half and they didn't really look dangerous orlando that is um and you know minnesota was go ahead connor i saw in the first 20 minutes too minnesota was out possessing orlando 71 percent to 29 percent yeah, they were barely they were barely on yeah. the other side of the field on the other yeah. side of the pitch. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. talked about the lineup. There were some surprising things. I mean, not shocking, but you know, certainly changes rotation and and you know to see Dotson get get to start with Ariaga, that was I guess surprising. But I mean, it was um, that midfield controlled the game. I mean, they really had a that. I mean, they really did, in, especially they in did. the first in the first half. Um, yep. So there was a lot to like, even, you know, it, again, it's just, it's, it's a broken record. It all comes down to your final third, you know, finishing off chances, which they really have not been able to do this year, whether it's, 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 it's Bongi or anybody. Any well, they other. haven't been able to do that for a couple of years now, Dave. Um, well, yeah, right. It's been a couple of years, uh, like pretty much every year. But, yeah, right? pretty much everywhere. I mean, even in, you know, in 2019 and 20 at our good years, our, our scoring, uh, I mean, it was better than this, but it still wasn't quite up to par. Uh, so it's always been a problem. And I just I just wonder about, like, you know, where the where is the disconnect now? Because they've had these players have had enough time, except, of course, for Zhang uh, to uh, to be able to play together and uh, focus, focus on each other's playing, uh, playing habits and uh, their passing habits. And so I just wonder where the disconnect is, because they they know each other. So they do, yeah. But Connor, I, th- I think the disconnect this year has to do with a guy who's not there, because yes. I think you come into this year expecting that he's going to be there, and he's not. So you got to switch things up a little bit. And and that, this that this explain. first this first half showed that they could move the ball well without Ray being there and and get some chances. It's unlocking that last small portion, that final. One percent, right? That you need to score a goal. It's unlocking that. That's and, really what it and, is. And it is. And and yeah. like Connor, you started by bringing up the fact that we haven't had a consistent, you know, 
goal scorer, a consistent uh, striker. And I mean, I think we're seeing that this year. We're going to, and I think we might continue to see the rotate. We've seen Amaria get the start. We, uh, Mender get the start a couple times now. Who knows? Uh, next weekend in Seattle, they may, they may uh, roll out, you know, Song Bing, Song or Jong. Uh, in into the nine, if he wants to stick with a four two three one, we never well, we, we don't know. He's just trying to find something right now. Hell, I mean, it, Boxy had a couple of good runs up the pitch. Why not put him there? Right, he could. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I mean, start new center forward, and, or go back yeah, to yeah. you know, let's hey, let's keep moving loot around. Put put him up in the nine. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. we've seen that before. He's had success. yeah. I mean, with the false nine, uh, that's loot has always been great in the false nine position. Guys, before we move on to the second half. Uh, I just want to put something out there, and and David probably will go crazy on this. Do you guys think that Adrian Heath, like, he, he, he gets a forward in mind, and he puts him out there, and if that forward isn't doing well in, like, a game or two, Adrian just wants to, like, automatically turn him off and get somebody else in there because he's afraid that that forward is going to lose confidence? Is that, uh, I mean, is that... I just think that his his rotational the thing he, way he rotates guys in and out at four positions is like pick somebody and stick with them right. Honestly, yeah, it depends do. on the player. It's because uh, he he likes his he likes some players and he doesn't huh. like as much some players. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it depends on the player, but uh, there is some merit to that. Yeah, I for sure. I feel yeah, like he, an I yeah I was real quick I, I I feel like he's like I mean I'm pretty sure Adrian Heath would love to find his guy and start that same number nine every single game, game in, game out. He just hasn't found him. And I, I don't know. I think, I, you know, I saw some people uh, rightfully kind of question uh, maybe this team's scouting ability. And, like, you know, well, maybe they no, just can't I... find the right guy. But, we, you know, we've seen, unfortunately, like, when they brought Amaria in, he had – he looked like he was going to make – true on his promise of 25 mm-hmm. i think he said 25 goals right he yeah. really did unfortunately then he got injured and so well it was the covid year okay. too and yeah. it, so and then from then on it's it's like well there was we get these brief moments brief pockets i think you know amaria was the brightest in 2020 and then since then it's been this rotation tony like you mentioned and so i i don't i think he wants to find the guy i don't think he wants to rotate and the rotation is I, because of that but i think you know, he tries to say that, you know, that striker whisperer mm-hmm. title, where it came from, I don't know. Um, but Tony, I think I think you're on to something. I think he rotates too much. I think he you know, I think there is is something to sticking with a guy and letting him work through his issues. I think there's right. also something with constantly screwing around with the people behind him causing issues um you know i i think pulling baseball for a second um Mm -hmm. you know you look at my brewers corbin burns had two horrible outings as starting pitcher this season Mm -hmm. now adrian heath would have yanked him from the from the rotation he would have but you don't do that right because it's the beginning of the season and you you let him settle in and then sure enough his third start was lights out um, I think that's that's the same thing. Like these guys, we've talked about in the past, the yips, you know. It's like you get into these mental blocks and you have to be allowed to work them out. 
And Heath does not allow his players to do that, at least his forwards. He doesn't. And I think that that's a problem. I think Mender could be very good. Amory could be very good. Jean could be very good. Hell, Bongi could be very good at this at the nine. But Heath doesn't allow it to happen. He doesn't give them that opportunity to work through those things. Yes, you know what? In eight games, nine games, if they've been playing consistent, you know, 75, 80 minutes and they still haven't done it, okay, that makes sense. Maybe time to yank them and they don't get to see much playing time ever again, honestly. But he doesn't even let them get three, four games. So I I think that there is an issue there. My other thing, too, and of course in soccer it's a little different, but I'd love to see like, hey, coming to the season, and Maria, you're our number one guy up top, right? This is this is your role until you lose it, right? And Mender, you're number two until you beat Amaria and prove to me you can be better than him, right? So you right. put Amaria up there, let him yeah. do his thing. If he sucks right. after four or five games, then you try Mender out. You don't rotate him in well, after one or two games. T- you just don't Tony, that's him. a good... That's a good point, and but and remember now, Am- Amaria wasn't available the first what couple games because he was working That's on true. his green green card. He wasn't here, Tony. Maybe you're right. Maybe if he was here through training camp in in its entirety, and of course through the first couple games where he wasn't available, maybe that would have been what he would have done. But then, but let stick, Mender play for five stick games. Mender up there. Yeah, then yeah. stick Mender you know, up there. Don't don't pull don't Luis in as soon as he's yeah. available. You know, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. That's, and that's when it started. Then the rotation started at that point. And yep. The formational changes changed or started as well. So, yeah. There is a very thin line as a manager, coach, whatever you want to call it. I don't care what sport it is. It's sticking with a guy until you feel either he's he's going to be good or he's, he's just going to suck and you just need to pull him off for a while and get him, his feet back on the ground. A very thin line. I think that Keith is actually – Trigger, pulling the trigger way too soon on this shit. I totally. really think so. Totally. You know, I, he's I, the I, kind I, of guy who that. doesn't go by the the. It, I mean, we've said it on the podcast is that when things are working out, they work out great, and if it ain't broke, don't mm-hmm. fix it. But Heath chooses to fool with it, and so mm-hmm. when we when the four four two was was working out for it, yeah, the four four two was working out for us. We were winning games on the road. Uh, we had uh, we had beaten St. Louis and. Uh, you know, it was working. And then Heath decides to go back to the four, right. two, four, two, three, one, which we have, um, I mean, which, I mean, has some success, but not the greatest, but I mean, four, four, two was working. Why change a good yeah. thing? Right, Connor? Exactly. Why in the world did we go back to the four, two, three, one, two weeks ago? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. four, four, two was working. Well, why go, why change it? Why? Yeah. I mean, there, there is no good reason. I mean, for one game where they had all the international call-ups, uh, I, I guess I can understand why right. they might have changed the the rotation. But go back to it when they're got when they're back. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, after the first half, that looked pretty pretty decent, right? I mean, yes. I think we're I think we're yeah. all excited. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're yeah. all excited. About for it. the record, I thought jong looked phenomenal in the in the first uh in the first half i thought his his playing was great he he had a he had a good free kick and i thought i uh, I, I really liked him i if you look at if you look at his other stats though i don't think they really look great 
No, I think there were hey. some people on Twitter who posted some things that said he didn't look that good. We should but, point out though yeah, that he I was ninety-one point seven percent passing. Well, good. Yeah, okay. fantastic. I mean, I didn't that, realize that. If you're a ten, hey, I mean that right there is yeah. You know, I props. I, I mean, I at guess at least you're connecting your passes. I didn't realize it was that high, but yeah, I mean, I will say this. I mean, we've had what now? We've we've seen. Uh, Jong for what now a total of 90 minutes maybe roughly and yeah. i mean the early re- early returns look very very promising i mean we we see his ability especially on set pieces no doubt yeah. about it and his hustle like in this yeah. game in the orlando game i mean there was one instance <clears throat> that was talked about quite a bit where he i think it was boxel that came way up down one of the wings and it was it was it was jong that made the run all the way back you know to to break up or block a pass um, he did I, that I a couple times. I can't think of the yeah, mm-hmm. I can't think of the minute, but I mean, he's got speed that you can't deny that the speed he's mm-hmm. got, his pace is really impressive, and maybe just the fact that he hasn't played a lot of uh, soccer in the last I don't know year or so, you know, may, you know, he's got to work up his you know game fitness, but for when he's out there, you can see his talent is raw talent. And I mean, it's more yeah. than raw talent. I think. I mean, he had he had a good opportunity. Um, I think thanks to Robin Lude um, in the first half uh, didn't quite didn't quite wasn't quite there. But, hey, this whole team wasn't quite there as far as final third. But, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely if we're talking about positive things coming out of this match. Yeah, he's one of them. I mean, I just yeah. after seeing 90 minutes of his play. And, you know, you yeah. mentioned his so. you mentioned his fitness, Dave. Um, I think that is the own that that's got to be the only reason why I would have subbed him out after sixty he, minutes. I think he, no. I think he was visibly gassed, uh, tired. Yeah. I think in the second half, and I think that was whether I and yeah. I, probably that was a, a part of the game if, plan. If so. he had been playing uh consistently over the past year, I definitely would have kept him in because he had uh something going on that was that was really working. I saw his, like you mentioned, his hustle and his skill and his free kick taking ability. He was determined. He he had that youthful sprint to him. Um, and he's, I mean, I thought he was great. And so, yeah, his match fitness, that's the only reason I would have taken him out. Um, I'm not sure I agree with Trap going in for him, but uh, but no, I, I, I do understand. I want to mention that now, Connor. I, yeah. The fact that you get subbed in, well, Trap gets subbed in for him is like, but but what 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 are you doing? It's I mean, it's, it's it's another example of Heath parking the bus early. I mean, he, yeah. what what is Why? he? he I, there's Why? no reason. There is no there's reason. No reason. Yeah, it's another also another example of Heath putting players in positions that they don't necessarily fit. Now I know Connor, you have wanted to see Hassani Dotson at the ten. Yes, for forever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm going to maintain that. Sonny Dotson isn't a 10. He's a box to box. And I feel like immediately, and again, this could be, I don't want to bag on Hassani because this could be completely will trap. But the moment that formation started happening, we fell apart in midfield. Something yeah. occurred and it, it's shocking to think that it was just Will Trap. Um, I know that I texted a few times to you guys that it was clear that as soon as Trap came in, this is what was happening. We were seeing gaps in the midfield. We were, we were just seeing a complete disconnect. We were seeing 
Asani playing deep and the 10 playing deep and, you know, everything was just falling apart. Um, and I was making it sound like it was trapped, but as I was thinking about it later, it's hard to imagine that one guy did that. I think it was a combination of one. I just don't think traps up for it anymore, but two, I think Hassani was not up for that position either. If I would have done anything, I would have brought in someone like Rosales or Mm -hmm. well, hell at that point, Franco hadn't come in yet. Brought Franco in for, um, for Zhang. And that would have been a bit more like for like, I mean, we're already playing Zhang out of position. So putting Franco out of position at the 10 wouldn't be terribly different than what we're doing. Well, and, you or you could move Lud in, into the. Could move Lud back there. Good I, exactly. I think I think that's a great point. I think actually they didn't do that. I don't believe like looking at it, but I think there's some something you said about Trap is you know maybe who he's paired with in that defensive mid. If he was paired with a Robin Lud, maybe he he'd be a little more. You know, maybe that would have worked out better. But I mean, they didn't make sure. that shift. I think you know. You know, would trap be better with somebody that's I mean, because trap is is very, you know, by the books regimental. He's and I think he, he's very predictable. Robin Lude, you know, whether it's the eight or the six, let's say eight. You know, I think I think trap knows what he's going to get out of Robin Lude there because right. they're both very, you know, that they'd be very focused on their roles. Whereas, you know, you put trap with an Ariaga who's all over the place, sometimes maybe unpredictable, maybe trap isn't as familiar playing with him or, you know, paired with somebody else like that. And yeah. You know, I think if I were to do a, a classic Monday evening football manager move, I would say I would have brought in Franco. I would have flipped Bongi to the right. I would have moved the to the 10 and Franco at the, at the left, mm-hmm. left Hassani and Ariaga in the in the six and eight, mm-hmm. and played like that. You know, I, I yeah, think that's yeah. what I would have. Done. I agree with that. And I do too, because like I like I said earlier, and I think we agree is that 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 uh, that trap. Uh, I'm sorry, the Ariaga and, and Dawson combination had worked yeah. well through most yeah. of this game. Hold, hold on, hold on. I got to call out one of our listeners. You guys know what listener I'm going to call out right now. Listener Blake, listener Blake, mm. posted on Twitter uh, yesterday, said, I've been critical of Dotson a lot, and will be once again, he's by far the most overrated player among the uh, MNUFC fan base, in his opinion. He's incapable oh, of progressing boy. the ball by passing or dribbling. I have no idea what he provides. Timid, slow, and gutless in possession, backup at best. That's what Blake said. I disagree with that no. But, no, guys, I I really think here, I really think that Blake heard our preseason predictions when I said that Hassani Dawson was going to break out this year, and he's <laughs> he's he's, ba- he's baiting me, he's baiting me to bring up his tweet in this podcast. So guess right. what, Blake? I took the bait. I and uh, I know I, Blake is I, great, and he he really has some amazing analysis of the game, and he's really. He, he really digs into the stats and mm-hmm. I mean, I really appreciate what he does for, for us and for soccer Twitter in general. Uh, he's fantastic, but I mean, I don't know if I, I didn't notice, I, maybe it's the eye test and da- I'll let David go next or Connor if you want, but 
for me, the like I, I've said twice now, I think, like I love that combination of Dotson and Ariaga. I think it thought it worked out great from as yeah. far as the eye test, it looked good to me. And now I'm not I am not I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm literally so, not looking at his statistics. So I'm guessing that's where he's coming from. I'll I'll tell you the stats on his Hassani. Okay, uh 91.4 completion for passing. Which is um, which is second great. highest on the team. Um he had uh, is this just the game or is it season long season long? This is the game. This is the okay. game. So he had a um X assist goal of 0.7, which was the highest on the squad. He had X assist of 0.6, which was highest on the squad. He had two key passes. He had four progressive passes into the attacking third, which was second highest, third highest on the squad. Um he had um let's see, uh he was hundred percent on his long forward passes. Um, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, and one of those long board passes was, led to, led to the you know the first goal that we haven't talked right. about. Right, and yeah, sorry, he was he was um, given an assist for that. Um, he was fifty percent of his take on. It's not fantastic, but okay. Um, his his tackling. Um, sorry, of course, my computer's froze up right then. Uh, you know, he was. 33% is challenges, so they're, I'll give Blake that one. Um, but yeah. he did have um, four blocks. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I okay. love Blake, but Blake, I, I, I say, think Dawson did pretty damn good. Yeah, <laughs> Blake, sorry. we love you and your Brazilian beers, but come on. Like, Dawson's <laughs> I mean, been well, great. Here's the thing. I, I look at Hassani Dawson as a – he came out of super draft, guys. How many good players do you get out of super drafts? You just – don't really. I mean, no. you get you get well, some guys. Get three but, in that draft. Yeah, well, three got, in that draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sinclair and, and Dotson. And yeah, I will always be a fan of Sonny Dotson because of the fact that he just looks like he wants to play, and he's a gamer, and that's the eye test. I just like the guy. I yeah. don't hate. I don't hate Will Trap. Okay, I don't hate Will Trap. I just not a big fan of the guy. You know, right. That's my opinion, well, right? Yeah, you know, Dave brought up a good point about Will. He's he's very methodical. He's very to the book. He's he's really pretty no nonsense. He's not flashy. Generally speaking, you know, his stat lines are are usually pretty solid. You right. know, there's not a lot of negative to say about Will Trap, but he can be interesting in defense he can be a little lazy and i think that goes with the methodical mm. kind of lumbering in defense um he can be he can be a little slow in his response his recoveries aren't very good i think there's a there's a place for players like will trap um nice. i don't think that that place is in a four-two-three-one with Kervin Ariaga because Kervin is um, generally very defensive. Um, he does have some great vision um, for passes. He will move up every now and then, but generally speaking, they both tend to hold back a bit, right? right. And it, the reality is, and I've said this in our text. Hassani and Kervin 
are what the four two three one is supposed to be. You have yeah. a legit six and you have a legit eight, and they complement each other. Correct. Correct. Hassani yeah. covers the pitch box box like an eight is supposed to. You find him, like I said, just reiterating it. You find him at the box in the attack. Mm-hmm. That's the point of that role. You don't get that with Will Trap and Curvin. And so you get those gaps in midfield. You get those weird um, possessions, which almost look like it's <clears throat> like it's getting reset on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, you get those weird situations on the counter where it almost looks like we're out of position. That's the thing I like about Hassani. I'm with you on that one, Tony, because Hassani plays the role like he's supposed to. Trap doesn't. And that's okay because sometimes you need that. Um, sometimes you need that those two defensive figures to, as I think Connor, you said, park the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't need that at halftime in this game. Right. We needed to continue applying pressure because it wasn't a one game at that point. So right. it didn't, the, yeah, the substitution just didn't make sense. Yeah. Move on from Sonny Johnson, guys. We'll close the book on Sonny. I just want to, uh, one of our things on this year has been asked the uh, chat GPT, the AI, about, about something. And I asked the chat GPT about Sonny Dawson. I said, Is Sonny Dawson a good player? And of course, it said, Well, I can't make an opinion. But it says, Dawson has been a promising young player for Minnesota United since he joined the team in 2019. He has showcased his versatility as he can play in multiple positions, played in 20 matches, scored two goals. Uh, overall, Dawson has shown potential and skill in his performances, and his contributions to the Minnesota United team suggest that he is a talented player. There you go. I can't. I this is Chat GPT, Blake. From, this is what from the mouth of the future. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. What it says? That's what it says. Sounds like that's heavily oh. biased uh, from Dawson's <laughs> representation. <laughs> might be, I know. Might be. I, I'm just. Saying. What's the I, programmer I, related to Hassani Dawson? Yeah. Might might be. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, well, it's, it's not Dawson, a, it's not, not a, .com. It's out of California. It's not Hassani from California, so it could be. You never know. Uh, so, guys, let's talk about the goals here because we get the goal from uh, Bongi in the 58th minute with a pass, a nice pass cross from Hassani Dotson uh, right on Bongi's foot. I mean, that was yeah. perfect. perfect. Yeah, it was, yeah, I was a little inaccurate, I think, when I said, yeah, I don't, David, you were running down Hassani's stats. That wasn't a long pass. That was a cross you know, from the right side. Yeah. Just beautiful. And the way he described it, I think if you read the post-game interviews, you know, I mean, Hassani saw where he was on the pitch and just realized that, that, that Bongi was making that type of run pretty much all game. So yeah, just what a sweet goal. And like at that point, like, you know, the fact that it was nil nil at halftime, it's one of those games where I I was feeling good at nil nil at halftime because I, I thought that it would continue. And when, you know, when, when, uh, Bongi scored that goal. Thanks, you know, to Robin Lewin and Hassan Dotson both got the assists. Um, I, I was at that point, I was, I don't know, call it 90% confident of the win. Just oh, the way that unfortunately they finally got rewarded with a goal. It took a little longer than we would have liked, but that's the way it goes. Unfortunately, yeah. Dave, we didn't last very long, no. you know, eight, eight no. minutes. And then, you know, uh, Angula gets a goal, and that's. That's that. I mean, the the whole thing. 
kind of the stadium just like die at that point? They just go. Ugh. It did, you know, and and you know, I noticed something at that point. Actually, is uh, it, it became a pattern from that moment on. If you saw the goal, basically, uh, Angulo was wide open on mm-hmm. that side of the pitch. Uh, he had yes. plenty of time to to take a shot, and it was a good shot. I I, I do think Dane St. Clair should have saved it. It was a, uh, it was right over him, and he. And, I, I, I and, I'm, and I'm looking at it now and Connor, I want to ask you, cause you had a great view of it too, but right. like, like, unfortunately, like you can make your case, like, honestly, you can make a few cases late, late on the, it started coming down the left side. Like Orlando was doing a, a, a lot of that. I think coming down the left side, it feels like and that was clearly maybe one of their strategies because essentially that's how I believe how the second goal occurred as well but it yeah. seemed like a little bit laziness in defense on the left side as i'm looking at this right now unfortunately i probably would have expect expected boxel or toppy has to, to cut off that pass to the right side but then i think both goals you know we already both goals it was really weird because it was wide open on the right side carmen lawrence taxi came in you know to support uh the center and if you look at it i actually have it on my iphone i mean the way heath worded it in his post-game interviews it's like i mean he worded it like you know Camille lawrence needed to come in more centrally to help defend mm-hmm. i i don't see it that way i i'm wondering i'm asking you guys like why did Camille lawrence like kind of just abandon that right side it didn't seem like it was necessary heath made it sound like it was but either way you have a, a wing back you know a winger streaking down the field and mm-hmm. just left him on completely unmarked way too much space i don't know why taxi came in so much centrally basically on both goals but especially on this one i don't get if you saw it from if you saw it from where i was sitting you basically saw all the defense inside the box where uh you have you have angulo from outside the box with plenty of room out there it looked like he had basically a third of the pitch to work with um and um What first of all, what does he do? He takes the shot first time, which Minnesota doesn't do, and which I have said many, many times in the podcast that we should do. And of course, mm-hmm. he takes the first time and beats Dane St. Clair with it. Good example to follow. But I don't, I, you know, I don't know that, that that's the that's the pattern I was trying to uh, I was I was talking about uh, that I noticed before is because from that moment, um, basically from the time that Bongi scored to the end of the game there was a pattern of leaving um, the right side open on more than one occasion. Both goals. I mean, both goals goals happened as a result of that. Yeah, yeah, both goals happened, and there were a couple other instances as well that Minnesota got a little lucky on that they didn't score again. Uh, It's a – okay, it's it's a goal. Is what it is. It's now 1-1, guys. I mean, at home – Everything is kind of the, the the excitement's gone down from our first goal. Uh, this is when we, of course, then Keith goes, "Well, let's get Mender out of there and put the Emery in because we need some goal scoring." And then uh, a couple minutes later, he goes, "Well, let's get Fragapani in there for Dotson because we need to yeah. push the ball," which is that's fair. That should happen, right? And 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 you know, um, I maybe maybe it was a, a genius decision by Heath because mm-hmm. I mean, I it's a logical decision first of all, but I mean, one of the, you know, after they, if they're Orlando, uh, you know, tied the score there, I mean, Armor, Amarilla, he had a brilliant chance. He kind of flicked it on to Frank Apane 
and nearly, mm -hmm. you know, nearly took the lead again. I mean, mm -hmm. so, I mean, they, I think that connection and we've probably talked about it in the last couple of weeks, but there's, a, I, I feel like there's a connection there between, uh, you know, Amaria and, and mm -hmm. Franco and they nearly scored Franco nearly scored, but mm -hmm. you know, well, it was unfortunately one of those chances you wish they would have done better, but yeah, we had, we had, we had opportunities guys. We had opportunities in the last uh, portion of the game. They certainly did. Unfortunately, the last opportunity was not ours. It was Orlando's. And this goal here, it's parts of, I don't know if you call it uh, bad decisions and also a little bit of luck. I mean, that's what it is. It's a, it's a bad decision yeah. followed by some luck. And that's what it is. Uh, well, the goal here at the end the, uh, when DSC came out and, and tried to. He, he you know, came well off his line. And I mean, technically you could make the case that that was a good decision. And I guess maybe it was because it hit off where it hit off the crossbar. Right. And it then did. It was headed, yeah. Exactly right. Back in. But again, yeah. it was the same situation. It came off the right side for Lando. And it was again, mm -hmm. where taxi came way into the central, like ran, I think ran directly towards Tapias. And I just, I wonder why, like, I, I don't see why that was necessary. I just don't get it. The, both goals came from the right side and, mm -hmm. You know, in this one, I don't know if the pressure came down the left or not, but the goal obviously mm -hmm. came from the right side. And just, yeah. I don't get it. It's just yeah. like, if you look at it, I'm looking at the replay right now, and I just don't understand. It looks lack of communication, or but he is yeah. miles of space, you know. There is. Not not on the goal, but I mean, on the shot that gets hit on off the, shot. the crossbar. Yeah, well, yeah you right. know, I think we've had an issue. I fully believe that this is a training problem with over overcompensating we you find you know i think this was um against chicago yeah it was against chicago you had franco going way over to the right to get involved mm -hmm. in the attack numerous times and it left himself out of possession and it led to a goal once um led to a lot of attacks coming down the left side because there was no one over there. I think the same thing happens with us on defense, where if the ball's coming down, in this case, for instance, the right side, or sorry, the left side, their left side, um, and we tend to pull ourselves, overcompensate, You've got taxi all the way over. You've got toppies all the way over. And it leaves acres and acres of space. And it, it's got to be a training issue. It has to be. I mean, I get that you want to be, you know, you don't want to be standing there doing nothing, right? But at the same time, you need to be in your post. You're the left, you're the left back. You don't want to be playing a center midfield position. Like you have to be protecting your flank, even if you want to be involved to some extent in the defense of the possession. Right. And, but that doesn't happen with us. We, we find ourselves with Tapias beyond goal. Taxi is beyond goal. Um, at that point, it would have been, was it Franco on the left side at that point? On our left mm -hmm. side, I can't remember. Um, Maybe, he was yeah. like way beyond half. You know, the the center line, if you drew a center down the length of the field. 
I mean, it's it's a thing that we see all the time with this team. Yeah. And when the possession is wherever it is, the entire team goes that way. It's, and it, the easiest way to exploit it is to not do that. And that's yeah. exactly what Orlando did. Yeah, and it just like it's so it's it, this game is really frustrating because like both goals kind of feel the same way. They're goals yep. that shouldn't have necessarily happened, you know, for a couple of reasons, but you know, but it's just it is incredibly frustrating. A game that like, oh, and I think it's two weeks in a row. Um, thanks to so soccer.com, they pointed this out. Two games in a row now, the opponent in case you know, Chicago, both Chicago and Orlando, two shots on goal two goals you know it's moments it's moments it's two moments in a game like this especially against orlando that minnesota more or less dominated at least it felt that way if you're watching it but you have two shots on goal and two goals two moments in this game that went wrong and they went very wrong and yeah in similar fashion and and dave a true question for you who had of the two teams saturday night who had an X goal over two. Oh, well, I I honestly don't know how it finished, but I was watching the recap before he came on the air tonight, and I saw that before Orlando scored their second goal, so I don't know how it ended up, but I know that Minnesota was above two expected goals. And that's uh, how it finished. That. Yeah, yeah, that's that how doesn't it finished. surprise me. Because and even Orlando even, was only like 1.15 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the, the freeze frame that I'm thinking about is when it was 1-1, just prior to Orlando's second goal, uh, I think it was like 2.1 something to 0.6. Like yeah. Minnesota was clearly de- leading in that category. And I'm not surprised that Minnesota finished with above two expected goals because, you know, to end this game, you know, Minnesota had a couple legitimate chances on goal, including yep. including an Ariaga free kick that uh, he was a little closer than, I mean, the goal when he scored off the, the deflection, yeah. I think, last week. But uh yeah, no, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it, it, and I mean, but that's the way the game felt. Like I, I, I do. I know I've talked about it as we record, but that expected goal stat. I'm not like a huge believer, but at the same time, like that's what it felt like. Like Minnesota should have had two goals this game. Yeah, you sure. know, yeah, maybe more. I, I, I think I, I'm with you on that. You know, I think there's needs to be taken with a grain of salt, but um, when you think of it in the sense that Minnesota won the X goal Saturday. Mm-hmm. That made sense. They yeah. won the X goal last week against Chicago. That made sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it it makes sense. But at the same time, you don't want to, like, overanalyze it too much. No. But I, I think that I, I think that it, it does give a pretty good glimpse. It's, it's not. It's certainly, though, something in it. it like I said, I, I'm a little skeptical. I don't, I don't want to look at that. And that's not the only stat I want to look at. But, I mean, I'll tell you what. If if you are consistently finishing below your expected goals, that's a problem. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think Minnesota probably, I don't, you know, out of the, what, seven games, they've probably finished under their expected goals most of their games. Yep. I mean, that's I would I say so. fair to say. Yeah. So. Well, think about this for a sec. Like in the entire season, they, there has only been one game where Minnesota has scored more than one goal. Right. Just one. True. True that. True yeah. that. Yeah, that's True why. That. That's why I was like, yeah, what do they score? They score. They. I mean, you can almost put it in pen. I mean, they score mm-hmm. one game a goal or one. I'm sorry, one. Mm-hmm. Goal. One goal. It's the. Uh, it's the. Um, it's the Seltzer. 
It's yeah. a salsa, yeah. I'm yeah. almost salsa. <laughs> Anyways, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, the, it's like you can basically put it in writing. They they're scoring one goal a game, and that's not going to be good enough in this league. Nope. It just. Nope. Um. So, guys, we lose this game two to one. Uh, unfortunately, this game gets the sad trombone. Uh, it gets that. It gets that. Yeah, that's terrible. I know. True though. Uh, but hey, it, it, I'm just glad loss. you didn't. I'm just glad you didn't do that sound effect after something I said. So, I mean, it, like, <laughs> right. it's, I mean, mean the like, podcast's not over. I guess technically, but you mean like right now, Dave? No, don't. <laughs> All right, Dave. You almost asked me. made it. You got it. Almost you made got it. it. Uh. So guys, two to one loss to Orlando. Uh, tough loss at home. Yes. Yeah. Next weekend, guys. Three. Call, Tony. Three home games. Three blown leads at home. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not talk about that anymore. Let's let's move on. To Tony, I think we. Next. I think you and I. I mean, Connor's been all three. I think Tony, you and I. We need to get to a game to kind of turn this around. Let's go. Well, the next yeah. home game against Dallas. I have to. Uh, but no, we get to move on to next weekend's game in Seattle. Yikes. Against the Sounders. Game time is going to be 9.30, so David will not be watching. Central time. Game. Central time. 9.30 Central. Well, 10.30 his time. 10.30 Eastern time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to attempt. No, no. He yeah. won't even be awake. That'd be crazy. So it let's is make Saturday sure. night, though. I mean, come on. You'd just be leaving the clubs, you know, down there. <laughs> the clubs, yes. Yeah. Those Fort Myers clubs are crazy, man. Oh, no, that's why you can't watch it, because you'll just be getting to the clubs. I'm sorry. Yes, right, exactly. right. Yeah. They might have it on the uh, screen at the club. You never know. Uh, but let's make some predictions, guys. Uh, Connor, you go first. Predictions for next week's game against Seattle, in Seattle. Guys, um... I see nothing good coming out of Seattle. Seattle's been a good team this year, and we never win in Seattle. I would be extremely surprised if we won. So I'm going to go 3-1 Seattle. Dave, predictions? All right, I'll go. And I mean, I think I did hit last week's prediction correct. David, you weren't on the air, but I actually nailed the uh, 2-1 loss correctly. So I can't remember the last uh, time I predicted it. Didn't I hit that one? Not, not, I didn't predict uh, no. that we, I think Chicago no, is what I'm talking about. Didn't I hit that? Yeah. Two, one, two, yeah. One, I think you got no. Chicago, right? You got Chicago, got right. You got Chicago yeah. right? Did yeah, you, and what I, did and you I, guess for I, Orlando? I think I guessed Orlando was, Minnesota. Yeah. No, Orlando, you had one nil Minnesota. Oh, Connor okay. actually had oh, yeah. two, Connor had two to one Minnesota winning. So he was right on the score line, but not on the actual result. Oh. All right. So yeah, this this one's tough. It's it's West Coast travel, nine thirty. You know, well, I guess seven thirty local. But um, I'm gonna be generous and say, I mean, Seattle's gonna score goals here. I think Seattle scores two twice. I'm gonna just say, what the heck, Minnesota scores twice. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a point on the road two two because, quite frankly, they've Minnesota has done better on the road this year, and you can't explain it. I mean, they, they they've gone to St. Louis. And, and manage the win there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going 2-2 draw. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it doesn't make I, sense. But it, it doesn't make sense, but, I mean, you, you've, you, you know, you've gotten two points out of three games at home. They've, they've gotten nine points out of what? 
Um, four games, many, I think. Four, four games. Four, four games on the road. So, I yeah. mean, I don't know. They've done what for whatever reason. So, I'm going 2-2. Two, two. David, how about you? Um, it may be the beer talking. Uh, but I'm going to go weird on this one. I'm going to say 2-1 Minnesota. And this isn't All being right. a homer. This is just being... You know, like Dave said, they've they've done well on the road. Um, Seattle is like a nine or ten goal differential. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go with a shit prediction. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just, I'm just gonna go for it. Go for it. Um, yeah, two one Minnesota. Um, I, I just. I have this weird feeling we'll go to the four four two. We'll figure it out. I love to see that. To we'll figure out how to limit them. I hope you're right. We'll, we'll get a lucky winner at some point. Um, I would like to point out that no one even attempted to ask me my prediction for this match. This last match. Thank you very much. Oh, sorry, we forgot. Um, we forgot. So oh, it was. Oh. It was. Uh, thank you for making me feel like an afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry we totally forgot we we totally forgot to text you as i we'll said just get, we'll, we'll just assume you predicted a 2-1 orlando win and just talk that and then when we were too for you. we were too busy going from 30 degrees to 80 degrees back down to 30 so <laughs> a little crazy up here a little crazy okay guys i'm gonna predict uh something not crazy. I'm going to predict a 2-0 loss by the Loons. I don't think they score a goal in this game. Uh, I think that uh, Adrian Heath uh, goes with the uh, you know usual 4-2-3-1. And, uh, well, then if you're going to predict that, Tony, the 4-2-3-1, who do you have at striker? Yeah, we talked about somebody it. Somebody different. They're going to, be, they're going to pull, the, uh, pull somebody Kalman. off the bench. I don't know. Kalman. Kalman will be the striker. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just pull whoever you want. Name out of the hat. Just pull it out of there. That's what he wants. So, yeah, 2-0 loss. I just don't see us winning in Seattle. Uh, no, I, I mean, we, we were off to our worst home start ever in MLS. We, you know, but yet we're off to one of our better, if not the best, start on the road. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's that being said, I mean, Seattle is Seattle. So, yep. we'll see. All right. Uh, Connor, you got some soccer history for us today? I do have a little soccer history, so let's go back. Uh, I, was, I know I was telling you guys before that um, uh, I had a. I think I, I said it was multiple weird, uh, multiple bad signings, but it's just one. Um, today is April seventeenth, but I'm gonna go back to the eleventh, which is where this, which is where the signing takes place. Uh, guys, I have a trivia question for you on this one. When you hear the phrase "worst left foot," what do you think? Alexi Gomez. Alexi Gomez. Alexi that's Gomez, right. Yeah. We signed oh, him on April to April eleventh, twenty eighteen, on loan that's for why, the rest of the season. So he has an award on our show. He's got yep. the award yeah. for the worst player. That's why uh, Alexi Gomez has been immortalized on our show. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's go with. Uh, let's see. We're gonna, we're gonna go with them. Um, we're we're gonna go with the. Uh, April 13th, 2009, or not 2019, excuse me. Uh, United drew their inaugural match at Allianz Field. Uh, hey. New, York City, New York City FC, 3-3. We were there. 
I was there too. We were there. We were uh, very drunk after the game. We did we actually did two we did two part podcasts that that day. One before the game, one afterwards. Yeah, oh wow, was, uh, that was a fun. It time. was crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, nuts. Um, April fourteenth appears to be the day of matches against uh, the Portland Timbers. Uh, because in 1979, we beat the Portland Timbers as the Kicks 2-0. And then in 2018, we lost at the Portland Timbers 3-2. Uh, but I think that's the game where Dar- Darwin Quintero got his first uh, United goal. BQ. There it is. Yeah. A classic name. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do one more. Let's um, – we'll go – oh, okay. Uh, we'll do today in 1985 when the Strikers won their first playoff match – in the wild card series, uh, in indoor soccer wild card series, uh, against the Wichita Wings, two one, and they took took a one 0 lead in their series. There. Nice. Cool. So yeah, Wichita uh, oh, Wings. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it really was their first playoff match because it's nineteen eighty five. Yeah. So yeah, very first playoff yeah. match. All right. Well, thanks, Connor, for a little history tonight. Uh, before we get out of here, guys, one funny story. This comes from the land of Florida. This is a. Uh, from David. And this is an older story, but we had to play it because it's just so freaking stupid. It's ridiculous. Uh and we're gonna play we're gonna play the audio from the interview this guy gave on the news station. Uh because it just it, it I can't I can't speak what he said. I'm I'm, I'm glad we yeah. yeah. I'm glad yeah. we can do it this way because uh yeah, no. we just couldn't do it justice. We need we need no. his no. first person account. Yeah. This yeah, might be a blind sure. reaction. I haven't heard this. Yeah. I, I so hadn't I just, either until he shared it, until he shared it uh, last week, I think, early this uh-huh. week. Yeah. The preface of the story, guys, a man out of Florida made a beer run with an alligator and uh, just can't remember, seemed to remember it. So he went to to liquor store to get some beer and he had an alligator with him. Um, and a video captured the man walking to the liquor store with an alligator under his arm. Uh, he begins to ask if the store is out of liquor, then darts towards another person chasing them with the animal. <laughs> so this is that. So this is from the uh, this is from the news station down there. We'll we'll play it in its entirety. Here we go. Conservation Commission is investigating this video. It shows a Jacksonville man going into a convenience store holding an alligator. The gator has its mouth taped shut. Ryan Nelson spoke with a man in the video about what he was thinking. No recollection of that happening at all. At all. This store sells some good liquor. <laughs> I drank a lot of it that night. The viral video shows Robbie Stratton running through a convenience store with an alligator in his hands. He takes the animal in the beer fridge as well. I don't even remember coming up here. We asked Stratton where the alligator came from. No clue. <laughs> no clue. I literally came to the store and he was in the back of the truck. They told me what I did was stupid and uh, I'll be facing some charges here soon. And probably go to jail probably not we'll see he says he regrets his decision and he's been in contact with the fwc no guys probably well, yes uh, was very to, nonchalant yeah. about the whole thing Pro- probably go to jail probably not well probably yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the funny thing about that story guys he has no idea no idea that he came to the liquor store and he says they must have some good alcohol here and he's like they i have no idea did. where i got the 
where the alligator came from, I have no fucking idea either. I mean, the guy he was, just doesn't know. Yeah, he was yeah. having himself a good night, and it's yeah, it's a was. shame we can't share the video on a podcast, obviously, but because I did, well, I was able to watch the well, video after you shared it, and the video is is pretty impressive because I think they have the the convenience store video camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What he's doing is just madness because he's running around the store, around. literally yeah. holding an alligator in his arms, and it's just madness. But what, you know, what, I think what, I, what was more impressive was the. Gator was pretty okay with it. I mean, and it, you know, the, obviously, like they said, it, it has snout taped, but gators, I, I got to hold a gator that was only, I don't know, maybe 20 inches long. And even that size, man, those little bastards have some muscle. Like, they're well, you would think. Yeah, you would think he'd want to move around, but like, yeah, David, yeah. you described it right because the alligator was relatively passive. Like, mm-hmm. it yeah. was the guy. It was the guy that was moving, literally running through the store, and like <laughs> yes. that's why. If like, if can you even imagine being in the store with a guy running around with an alligator like that? I would. I, no, no, I. Uh, in the beer uh, cave. In the I beer mean, cave one. Oddly <laughs> enough, after a year and a half of being down here, that's it. I wouldn't be that overly surprised by that <laughs> florida for you that's florida for you florida, what city florida. was that from tony do you do you, uh jacksonville yeah. oh, Jackson. what are the hours of liquor stores down there well you know i don't tend to go out after nine o'clock so i've known I, 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 I would imagine no that's not true uh, but i i think they're open until i think 11 all right yeah, he uh, he was he wanted to get his beer or whatever he was getting that night. Well, he, and the, the difference is like clearly it. liquor because he remembered the liquor, oh. just not the yes, alligator. Yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, remember right. now, I think now alcohol hours are cer- certainly vary by state. I would assume, but Minnesota is the only state in the union now that does not sell beer like beer in li- in in gas stations or supermarkets. It's true, like. So oh the, yeah, I suppose that's right. So they don't even said, sell three two beers anymore, do they? No, 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 yeah. no. Like that's what that's what you, you if you bought beer in a gas station in Minnesota, it'd be three two. Um, every other state in the in the United States is different. They'd sell regular beer. But that being huh. said, if you if you obviously there's gas stations that are open twenty four seven, you wouldn't be able to buy beer twenty four seven. But right. you might be able to buy right. beer yeah. until eleven or twelve at night, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, come on, the dude obviously is he's on he's on something a drunk or whatever, and the fact that he talked to the reporters, I mean, he was very like open with these reporters. Like, I don't yeah. remember what happened. I don't know where the alligator came from. I'm probably gonna go to jail for this. That's like he's very calm about the whole thing. I gotta yeah. give him that. Just like yeah. I'd probably go to jail, probably not, probably facing charges. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. 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 You know, the other thing is, is the gator, I would say was maybe four feet. I wasn't. Maybe. See, that's not an that. easy, I feel like that's not an easy gator to pick up. It wouldn't be. And on top of that, he had to tape its mouth shut. That's, I mean, so, that's the impressive. same day, yeah. The same day that I got to hold that little gator, I got to watch a, you know, crazy people play with gators, um, and they taped the mouth shut of one because that you know they don't want to get bit, and um, it's they don't like 
they're not okay with that. Alligators don't want their snout tape shot. So would you be? I I don't, you know, like I said, even that little, not even two footer had some, had some muscle. I mean, we're talking three, four feet. That's, that's got, that's a gator that can take down a small animal. Um, And he, I don't know. The fact that he doesn't remember jumping on top of this gator and tackling it and then wrestling it and then managing to tape its snout. That's impressive. Yeah, but well, he might have got he he might have got it from Gator World or whatever. Well, the other thing too is like how how did he get to the store? I mean, did he drive there? Was like in the back of his pickup truck? I mean, like how did he get? He it? was running through the store, wasn't he? He because he just yeah, but, but no, yeah, he, he was, said but, that he did, he doesn't he, remember. He so there? let's yeah. hope he walked there. <laughs> but we don't. Well, know. well no, he no, said no, that because he had in his the truck. back of his truck. Yeah. Okay. He just found it in the back of his truck. So I was there. Like a friend, like yeah. played. A I mean, for all we know, he just he just thinks he found it. Maybe he put it there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I friend, will. I'll maintain he he was on more than alcohol. Does it do he was? I wouldn't. Do people down? Yeah. Do people down Florida, David? Do they like make, play a little joke on you and put taped alligators in the back of your pickup trucks? Is that a thing down there or what? Um, it hasn't happened to me, but it sounds like a uh, really fun prank. You're not. I mean. It's like I mean, raccoons I, up here, or possums, or something. You know? We we have a gator around our house that's about that that's size. Right. That's right, you do. So, that's right. Yeah, maybe it was that gator. Have you seen that gator lately? Well, this is from 2018. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, holy shit, guys, that's just amazing. By the way, I was having so much amazing. fun. I forgot we're still recording. Holy <laughs> yeah, we are. So, so yeah, we are. <laughs> what you were? What? What was that, Dave? I said I say? thought I forgot we were still recording. Did I say that right? It By the way, came out I way. have I finished I finished. <laughs> ah, I was gonna say I finished the entire yeah. crawler of the you know champagne seltzer. So yeah. there you go. Well, this so you're really having fun get. right now. Better go to bed, Dave. Yeah, Better I am. go to bed. I am. Uh, go to bed. Good thing my bed's uh, right behind me. So good thing. Go <laughs> backwards. I'll fall backwards into bed and be fine. There you go. There you go. Good Lord. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we better cut this. We better cut this off now before Dave passes out. Uh, yes, anything please. else you guys want to bring up before we get out of here? I got to go to bed, man. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just like, no, don't bring anything else up. Just let's go to bed. Good answer, Dave. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. All right. So for myself, Tony, for Dave, David, and Connor. We'll talk to you guys next week. And go loons. Go loons. Go loons.